slip suckers it's me i'm back two weeks in a row which almost never happens uh you would think it would mean some sort of luck has befallen me but my mic isn't working right now so instead you get to listen to all of the noise that surrounds me and all of its glory because i have to use my computer's inbound mic so sorry about that just to let you guys know my mini course get that thing done comes out on monday it is only an hour but it is fast-paced and easy to follow it is written by someone with adhd that would be me and so it is written to help you get unstuck when you are stuck to help you get things done but it has people like us in mind so it's not just telling you to just get up and do it or that procrastination is the reason why you know you're not getting anything done it's telling you actual actionable science-based reasons why you might feel like you can't move and then it's giving you plans and ways to move forward so if you want to know when that is coming out as soon as that comes out you're going to want to either join the newsletter or join the adh done community people in the second tier of the community get 20 percent off the class and people on my newsletter get 10 percent off so there's something in it for everyone hooray and with that Let's go ahead and get into the video. I don't know why I did the finger guns. I think I'm trying to stay awake. I want to talk about five ADHD myths that we need to let go of. All right, before we get into it, just introduce myself. Hi, if you haven't been here before, I am Ariana Bradford. I am an ADHD coach with a productivity-centered focus because usually once we start focusing on getting stuff done, that's when we start realizing that we have a bunch of other stuff we need to work through. So it kind of helps us go down a natural path to understanding that having ADHD is still fine. It's still okay. Um, and that our brains still work. So if this sounds like your kind of thing, if I sound like the kind of person you'd like to work with or at least listen to, please feel free to go ahead and like and subscribe. This is also a podcast. It's basically everything that I say in the video, but in podcast form in case you don't feel like looking at my face. Uh, and you can follow that at the link in the description. And uh, with that, let's start talking about those myths, shall we? We shall. So the reason that I am talking about these is I, I hear a lot of things in my line of work that I, I really don't want to start like shaming people or trying to make it sound like I'm shitting on anyone. I'm really not. But there is still so little that we understand about ADHD in general. And there are still a lot of things going around that just aren't true. And that kind of misinformation leads to more and more people not being able to have the diagnoses that they actually might need. So I want to try to do my part. I want to try to help us move forward. And so I'm going to do that uh, in a few minutes because they never said that you have to take like three days to change the world. And even if they did, I don't have that kind of time. So let's do this. Uh, let's start with myth number one and is probably one of the most popular I fell for this once, and that's the idea that you can't focus with ADHD. Uh, ADHD, I have bitched about this multiple times, is poorly named. Uh, we call it attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, but you don't necessarily have to have really bad attention, and you also don't necessarily have to be hyperactive, which I'll get to in a little bit. 
while we have a deficit of attention, while we do struggle with attention and with focus, that doesn't mean that we have to all the time. And it doesn't mean that we have to with all things. And I fell for this myself when I was uh, looking into diagnosing my son. You know, one of the things that I told myself to talk myself out of getting him diagnosed was that he could play video games forever. And I was like, if he can focus on video games and cartoons, then obviously he doesn't have a focus problem. Except, and I think at this point, a lot of us ADHDers know this, hyperfocus is a thing. We focus on something when it interests us, when it touches on something that gives us that little twinge of dopamine or that makes us feel rewarded. And of course, to a little kid, something that's making a lot of noise, that's moving a lot, that's colorful, of course that's gonna do that. So just because you can sit and watch a movie or read a book or you know you can focus in a conversation doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have ADHD. Uh, you know, I can sit and read for hours if I'm really enjoying the book, but try to put me in a meeting and <laughs> I hope you took notes because I don't know what the hell anybody said. So it really has to do more with how we do when there is nothing to hold our attention. And I know that this kind of sounds weird because you're probably like, okay, but isn't that everyone? Not really. There are some people who can force themselves to pay attention even when what they're looking at is not something that necessarily interests them, which sounds like bullshit, but apparently those people are out there, who knew? So moving on, we have myth number two, which is that if you have ADHD, you must have a lot of energy. Speaking as someone who went and finally pushed for a diagnosis because it turned out that she was always fatigued, that's not true either. Um, you do not always have to be moving. You do not always have to feel like you have energy. In fact, there are a ton of us out there who struggle with having the energy to get things done or with having the energy to move. And that isn't really 100% agreed upon yet in terms of the cause, but the guess, the one of the strongest guesses out there is that we struggle with it because our minds are constantly going. And so our minds constantly going makes the body feel tired. Now, I personally think that that's actually a mixture of things um, because I know that uh, sometimes the way that I eat plays into it, the way that I slept the night before, how much I've committed to, whether or not I decide to start focusing on all the things I've committed to all at once. Um, but really the truth is you could totally and completely be a person who almost never moves and you could still have ADHD. So just because you're not zipping all over the place like a hummingbird, it doesn't mean that you're not still dealing with ADHD. In fact, this belief strongly played into why a lot of women, especially uh, women my age and a little bit older, are now getting diagnosed because since we sat in class and seemed to be overall well-behaved, we didn't really set off any warning bells. I was one of those kids and I've mentioned this uh, in my ADHD symptom video. I was always daydreaming and I was always writing stories and I was never paying attention, but I wasn't running all over the place and making a bunch of noise. So as far as they were concerned, 
nothing wrong with me. It's totally and completely possible for you to be a person who is constantly fatigued and have ADHD. And um, actually, I will leave a link to an article in the description about this, but they are starting to find that there seems to be a correlation between chronic fatigue syndrome and ADHD. All right, myth number three, that if you seem normal, air quotes, you must not have ADHD. So this isn't just an ADHD thing. This is a thing that you'll hear about um, autism, anxiety, depression, anything really that has to do with some sort of mental health issue or, or mental difference. A lot of the time people will say that if you seem normal, whatever the fuck that means, that you can't believe that they actually might have whatever it is. And here's the thing, masking, that term exists for a reason. Quite a few of us mask. And for those, those of you who haven't heard the term and you're wondering what that means, masking is, uh, is, well, I mean, it's wearing a mask. It's through many, many years of observation and, you know, fucking up in social situations and embarrassing yourself, uh, you learn facial patterns and speech patterns and um, social patterns that may not necessarily come naturally to you, but that you know are socially acceptable. And so when you are in a place where you feel that you must play a part, you tend to slip on that mask of normalcy and you act the way that you think you need to act to be accepted. And this may not sound so bad to some of you. You may be like, okay, so, so it makes it so that I can actually finish the sentence and you don't overshare about your grandma's ass bunion. Who cares? But the fact is it's very tiring and it's isolating. A lot of people with ADHD and other neurodivergences tend to feel like they can't really be themselves. And I'm sure that no matter what's going on, you probably can understand what that feels like. It's hard to feel like you can't be yourself around people. And even with as much as I know, I still will sometimes catch myself being that way because over the years, when you're told that you're loud, that you talk too much, that you're weird, you tend to start learning that it feels a lot better just to not have to deal with that. And actually, they are finding a high correlation uh, between ADHD and introversion as well. And the reason for that has a lot to do with social pressure and masking. So if the person that you're thinking about uh, seems to be just any old person and doesn't have that hyperactivity that you're expecting or that weirdness that you've decided someone must have, um, for those of you listening, I just did a really great like jazz hands because I guess jazz hands are now the, <laughs> the accepted sign language for weird. Um, but if that person doesn't have that, weirdness outwardly, it's still totally and completely possible that they have that ADHD. They've just learned how to hide it. And if this is about you and you're like, I don't really have any problems, I'm normal. A lot of the time when we use that term normal, we mean like, I don't have any social issues. And maybe you don't have social issues, but if you're still struggling with the other symptoms, with with or organization problems and planning problems and um, you know, maybe you're focusing, you have uh, sensory issues. 
all of that plays into it too. It's, it's really kind of a mini myth within a myth that people who have different brains are just fucking weird. And if they're not weird, then they can't be different. That's really not fair and kind of condescending. So try to think of it this way. If, if being normal, I hate that word, but if being normal around other people tires you out or it doesn't feel natural, then it might be time to think about whether or not you're masking. All right, so moving on. So myth four is kind of turning the rest of this on its head, and that's that if you can't focus or if you have one of the other symptoms of ADHD, then it must be ADHD. Um, I talk with a lot of people behind the scenes who feel that they might have ADHD and I don't diagnose. So I'm not there to diagnose, but I am there to be a sounding board and to kind of, you know, push them to eventually get diagnosed because I think everybody should understand where, where things are coming from in their brains. And I cannot tell you the number of times that someone has come to me and said, I think I have ADHD. And I said, okay, why? And they're like, well, I can't focus. I'm like, all right, what else? And there's just like this confusion, you know, like as far as they're concerned, ADHD means that they can't focus or ADHD means that they're too uh, hyper or that they're disorganized. And one of those things is happening. So that means that it must be ADHD. And here's the thing. The symptoms definitely can be there, but it can be something else. And one thing that kind of makes me a little nervous sometimes is when I'm talking to people about ADHD and they say, well, how do I get an ADHD diagnosis or how do I get diagnosed with ADHD? Not so much, you know, what do I need to know before I go in? What should I talk to my doctor about, but how to get the ADHD diagnosis specifically. And it makes me feel a little twitchy because I feel like perhaps with all that's been going on and all the conversations that have been happening about and around ADHD, a lot of people feel that what they're going through, what they're dealing with can only be valid if they are diagnosed with ADHD. And that's not necessarily true. As long as you have a doctor who is supporting you, as long as you have a doctor who is listening to your concerns, who is trying to help you figure out how to deal with these things, it's okay for it to not be what you expected it to be. So I always say, okay, you have these symptoms. Is it messing with your everyday functioning? Are you feeling like this is happening every day? Could this be connected to something else? Has something else happened in your life that could have spurned this behavior or these symptoms? And then if it does kind of seem like it's causing a problem, I still say, don't go in and ask to be diagnosed with ADHD. You can say that you suspect you have it, but I say, go in, mention your symptoms and say, I would like to see what's going on. Because finding out the real reason that you're dealing with these things is how you're going to figure out the real solutions for your problem. Whereas if you're just going in and trying to get somebody to say you have ADHD and then you try to take care of it the way that you would take care of ADHD, it may not work. So. Just because you overshare or talk over other people or uh, because you're disorganized or because you get easily confused, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you have. It does not mean that you don't have it or that what you're dealing with is invalid, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have ADHD either. So don't feel like that's what you have to hear in order to get help.
And lastly, this is kind of more of an opinion, but um, my fifth myth is the whole ADHD is a superpower stuff. Stop that, please. Um, listen, I, I get the spirit that's behind it. I know that what we're trying to do is we are trying to turn the attitude on its head um, that was rampant when I was a child, that ADHD is a bad kid's disease or it is a problem child's disease. I get that. But we're overcorrecting and especially for adults, it can come off kind of condescending and a little frustrating because ADHD is, is not a superpower. Superpowers are fake. They belong to cartoon characters. They make sense when you're talking about aliens and, and mutants and, and people who are expected to save the world. People who have ADHD are dealing with something that's real. These are real brains, real people dealing with actual problems who aren't necessarily trying to save the world. They're just trying to figure out how to work their brains in a world that's not built for them. And while ADHD brains can be exciting and creative and different, they can also be isolating and frustrating and messy. And every brain in the world has its problems. I'm not saying otherwise. But what I'm saying is instead of trying to, I hate using the word disorder because I do think that that is like overly negative, but I, I guess this is the only term I can think of. Uh, instead of lifting this disorder to the point where it's on a pedestal, how about we just focus on lifting it up to the point where we feel like it's worthy of support? Let's start there, okay? And let's just try to treat people with brains that work this way like they are human beings because, because they are. They are people with brains that work differently, but that still work amazingly and have their place in this world. And notice I said in this world, not in your favorite comic book, not in your favorite TV show, in this world. And that means that we stop downplaying the problems that this can cause and that we just try to treat it like a real world condition. So those are your five myths. Those are a good place to start. I really honestly could have kept going, but I feel like these are the five most prevalent, the ones that I hear the most. Let me know in the comments if there are any that I've missed. I'm always down for a sequel. Otherwise, thank you very much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Drink plenty of water, take good care of yourself, and I'll see you in the next video. Links to apps mentioned in the episode to work with me and to connect on social are all in the show notes. If this helps you and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate the show so that I'm found by more awesome people just like you.